everybody. So um, yeah, it's uh, really our pleasure today to have a chat to you about some of our experiences and our perspective on insurance and what we see in the insurance industry. Um, before we kick off, um, we're both from Equifax and today I have the pleasure of uh, having Neil uh, join myself in a bit of a conversation. Um, Neil, can I invite you to introduce a bit of yourself and who you are and why you're sitting here today? Certainly, Carlos. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the introduction. Um, as you know, I'm long history in insurance, so I've been in the insurance industry 25 years, uh, across all classes really, uh, commercial insurance, property, um, including motor and, uh, and life insurance. And I've also I've, I've managed underwriting um, in various guises, particularly here in Equifax. And it's really good now to be um, operating within a, such a fantastic data and analytics company because I think... My sense is that the, the opportunities for using data um, and using your skills, basically, analytics um, in the insurance industry has got a, is a great opportunity. And uh, I think my experience tells me that there's um, great ways in which we can provide assistance to insurers. Great. Yeah, and I look forward to this conversation. Yeah, my name is Carlos. Yep. Um, I am at Equifax. My, I work as a data analytics designer. Uh, the best way that I explain what I do is I'm the waiter um, connecting the Equifax kitchen where we have all of the chefs who cook all the AI, machine learning, um, all of data asset um, to basically all the problems, that we, um, all the customer challenges and all of the um, different industries and all, how they can apply data analytics. And I'm sort of the connector in the middle. I always say I like as the waiter, I like connecting with the clients that understand their dietary requirements, their spices, their allergies. So that I guess what I find is analytics, there's many ways to build analytics, but it is how do we actually build analytics that is tailored to exactly what the customer needs and what the client needs. And I was previously the head of client analytics, and now I guess I focus on designing solutions. Um, really a lot of the art of the possible. And today, the topic that we're going to explore, Neil, um, is an interesting topic. The topic of this is, are insurers optimizing the use of data? Mm -hmm. So are the uh, different classes of insurance, are they really optimizing the use of data? And I think earlier in our conversation, I think I really like this concept saying, you know, we, what we know is, is, you know, we know what we know, and what we don't know, we also know what we don't know. What I'm trying to get at is, what is the, the opportunity and sort of the threat and the challenges is what we think we know, but we actually don't know. Uh, if I use the driving analogy, that will be our blind spots. You know, I, I know what's ahead of me, I know what I can't see, but it's the blind spot that I think I know what I'm seeing, but I actually don't see it. And I, and I think you echo that too, Neil, on, on that blind spot concept. Yeah, but we, we, I mean, we've talked before on this issue of unknown unknowns. And, uh, Absolutely. And one of the things I've reflected on in that conversation was um, um, a meeting I had uh, a little while ago with the Insurance Council of Australia. And, and the, we were just reflecting together on the management of fraud. Um, and the comment was made that um, the insurers are quite a way behind the banks in the, in the financial institutions in the way they manage fraud. And it, and it did occur to me in that conversation that one of the big differences um, on, between the banks and the financial institution on the one hand and the insurers on the other is the, um, the use and the exchange and the management of data. Um, and, and when I say that, I think that, uh, I mean, my experience probably reflects yours, you've got a long history in insurance as well, um, is that 
you know, the insurers have themselves have insur- large lakes of information. Um, but it's the exchange of information that I think is one of the um, bits that needs a bit more of an analysis. Um, because my sort of sense is now, having been here for a while, that if you're not really, if an insurer is not really aware of what the possibilities are for, for data, particularly in, in the data we had, and also sharing data between them, then these unknown unknowns are going to remain unknown. And I think it's that, you know, it's that potential of, of, of sort of understanding a bit more about what the opportunities are that's, that's one of my key objectives. Agree the other, they're possible because it's like, you know, I know, yeah. I know the insurers have a lot of data um, and, and there's lots of data, sort of like, you know, you, 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 you have a lot of information that you're looking ahead at. Um, but what are these, because maybe we have a different perspective, uh, we have different vantage points that we that some of those blind spots that, that that insurers or the insurance industry may not be aware that there is some unknown and and I'm sure everyone knows that there's blind spots but how do we actually um, have a spotlight or actually to, to actually find these un, um, blind spots yeah. and then once we identify the blind spots then we can look for ways to address it how can we actually have different solutions to actually solve those blind spots so yeah, Neil, I think the first thing, let, let, I think you already touched on that. Let's explore. And the first question, I guess, to go a bit deeper is sort of what are some of these market gaps then that you see? Since our topic is about insurers and the use of data, what are some of the um, market gaps and opportunities that you've seen really combining all the experiences that you have in operations, in claims, in yeah, in, in also all the no. different roles that you Look, have. I think the most um, recent example would be um, with our engagement with iCare. Um, so as you know, up until um, recently, we managed all of the underwriting, uh, particularly in the, in the building and construction space. Um, but when you look at the, um, at the cohorts of builders, it, it soon becomes apparent that um, out of like 21,000 builders in the state, most of them are small builders. Um, when you look at the information that we require to underwrite builders, it soon becomes apparent that most of that information is contained within our data sources within Equifax. And so this led to a, ch- a complete change in the way that iCare have managed eligibility risk um, and they now manage that eligibility risk with small builders based entirely on the information contained in our data sets. And, and, and I think one of the things I've learned through that process is just the immense amount of information that we have in our, in our data, which means that whenever now a, a small builder's um, um, assessed, it's, it's, the, it's the scope of the information that's used for the underwriting that's it's just, it's just incredible. And so it's a, far more, um, it's a far more valuable assessment. It provides greater risk analysis. And it, um, it's a greater customer journey. I mean, I I mean interestingly, yes. one, of the thi- one of the things that, um, that you may consider in this space when, you th- when you're thinking about underwriting and claims is that in an insurance, through an insurance lens, a couple of the most important things are efficiency and speed. Manage, to underwrite, to, to, to attract new business, and also to manage claims. 
And so if you've got the ability to use instant broad data sets to assist you through both of those, then your customer journey is going to be better and your risk, assess- and your risk um, management is going to be much better too. And I think if I have a message for people in um, the data analytics field, like our field, listening to what Neil said, it would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's doable. Um, I think what it is is back to there's a lot of things that's doable, um, but it is what are we doing to solve those problems. I really like Einstein. I'll quote, I'll, I'll let, I'm pretty sure it's Einstein's quote, but I mean, I, I'll credit Einstein saying, you know, if he has 60 minutes to solve a problem, um, Einstein would spend 55 minutes understanding the challenge and the problem and five yeah. minutes thinking about the solution. And I feel potentially a lot of people, um, remember I'm included uh, in the data analytics field, is we spend a lot of time thinking about the solution. We yeah. say, we hear a problem and we basically go, well, we can do this and we start talking about solution versus spending a lot of that time understanding the problem and understanding the need. And I find that the more that we understand the needs and the gaps within the industry, um, I really do believe that there are technology that, can, that, that is available to yeah. solve them. But we're not, I think the, the, the opportunity, I mean, back to the topic, yeah. um, are the insurers optimizing all the opportunities and the use of data? I, I think both of us are saying, no, there, there's still a lot of opportunities, there's still gaps. Um, while they may be optimizing in certain areas, the, we are articulating there are some blind spots. And, and you know, I think it is spending that time to find these blind spots. I think that's, that's an extremely important point, Carlos. I think that um, you know, whilst um, Equifax um, has a number of insurance clients for various products, a more traditional market where we've got deep penetration and deep knowledge is banking and finance and those and those lines, and so you know as we head into developing our um, insurance solutions business, um, what we need to do is to is to develop a really deep understanding of each of our customers, you know their products, processes, procedures, and all the rest of them, and to really engage deeply so that we understand their business and we under and. And, and, as, and, and once we get into that space, and once we get more um, knowledgeable and across where, where, the, where their challenges lie, at the same time they become more aware of the sort of um, uh, attri- assets, data assets and things like that that we have. Um, but it's rarely on us to really partner with our, our insurance clients to really get to understand that business. We're doing it. I mean, we're... Um, we're, as you know, you know, with, with a number of them, but I'd like to think that over time um, it'll become far more common for, for the use of data assets. So an example of that, for instance, would be um, where, we, where we do current rating in the construction industry. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you, go, if you go back away, not too long, um, and you see all the, um, uh, all the blocks of units that were built in Sydney from about, I don't know, 95 till about 20... 18 or probably a bit further on, hundreds of them. And then you look at what you've seen in the media recently um, over the last couple of years about problems. You know, there are a number of blocks of units whose names yes, would yes. immediately occur to you. Um, yes. and, and, and so one of the problems for the New South Wales government is how do we turn this huge ship around and ensure that built, asset, that built assets are built in a quality way? Mm-hmm. And one of the key drivers in that space 
is Equifax's ability to rate the builders. So, and, and, and that's obviously now a, you know, a major um, program within the New South Wales um, construction industry. But it's a great example of how not only are you using data assets to actually create insight into, in this case, building companies, but it's also part of a broader program to increase quality um, yes. and, make, and make the state a much better place to live. And that's all based on our data assets. So, so right at the beginning, you wouldn't, not, you wouldn't automatically make that connection between our data assets on the one hand and a wonderfully built block of units in Cremorne on the other. But they're intimately connected. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's that world that, you know, those sites of worlds can be created in a lot of insurance classes. And, and I agree because from my, my vantage point as well from an analytics and I connect one of the um, excitement for me being at Equifax is I connect with also d data analytics colleagues from all over the globe and I hear how they solve their problems and, and when I hear the challenges within Australia and I found out that actually they've solved it differently let's say in Spain um, recently one of my colleagues in Spain because in Spain the the, the credit legislation is quite different. So in Australia, the insurers can't access the credit bureau, especially in the personal class, yeah, yeah. Uh, because insurance is um, not a financial product. But, well, for, in Spain, it is. Mm. So in Spain, insurance is classified as financial services, so insurers are allowed to access the credit information. So what by all my colleagues over, well, our colleagues over in Spain have been able to share and say, you know what, we looked at all of these data assets and we found this and this and this and this to be significant. We can now then come to Australia and go, well, Australia has these limitations and this legislation, but understanding that a car is a car, you know, people drive and the house is a house, how could we bring some of those insights and see how we can shed more light in the Australia market? And some of these opportunities are... Um, Previously, mm. from a lot of the walks in my life, uh, in my consulting work and all that, I haven't seen. Um, and I think this is really the opportunity, yet, yet again, um, for the insurance industry as a whole to really optimise data. Because there's lots of data. <laughs> I think, I think we're, we're not having a, a shortage of data at the moment. And I think the new challenge now is, well, how do we apply analytics, understanding and smarts to determine which of these data assets are useful? And I think really is our conclusion really is um, the future are for those who continue to innovate, to challenge those blind spots and to change. Got another story. I have, I have lots of stories, Neil, but another funny story <laughs> sort of like, um, you know, um, my mum would cook her fish, you know, always chopping the tail off. You go, why, why do you cook the fish chopping the tail off? I don't know. That's what my mum used to do. So you go and ask grandma, grandma, why do you chop the tail off when you cook the fish? Because I don't know. That's what great-grandmother did. So I went to great-grandmother and said, great-grandma, why did you chop off the tail when you cook the fish? Does it make it taste better? Because no. At that time, that's the biggest pan I could find. <laughs> so if we don't challenge thinking, we're just going to keep doing the same thing again and again. Thinking is the best idea um, until we find those unknown unknowns and those blind spots. And I think yeah. that's really the opportunity that we see um, for any industry, but especially in the insurance industry.